such a peace that passes natural understanding, such a childlike faith that swallows the fear of death whole, such a marvelous book of promises, such a loving Father that gave His only begotten Son that we might be free of Satan's bondages and live forevermore, such a loving Savior that loved us to the cross and long before we loved Him, such a magnificent Holy Ghost that dwells within us, leads and guides us in all truth, who comforts and convicts, such an astounding and absolutely amazing purpose, such out-of-this-world situations that are all housed in the born-again experience, the greatest miracle man can know. The proper word is, Alleluia, what a Father! Alleluia, what a Savior! And Alleluia, what a Holy Ghost! Man, it's so big, big, big. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again? Don't miss out any longer. In just a few moments, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt, and if you do, everything changes for you today. Today, you will be born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God, this time as a child of God. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Friend, there is no other way. Follow me, and today all your sin and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. You will be pristine clean. Today all of Satan's bondages in your life will be broken. You will be free. Today your eternal soul is in your very own hand. Here is the prompt I promise. Come on, let's go. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. God said, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God said, Romans 1, 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Man said, Forget about God. We can't afford to let a defined foot in the door. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature 1,162 that will once again verify the supernatural inerrancy of God's beautiful book. All of these word-centric features are archived here in text and streaming audio, and there is no charge. You will be edified, and you can use these features as digital gospel tracks. Is there someone you love whom you want to reach for Christ? Do you or they have questions on a particular subject? Type some keywords into the God Said Man Said search bar at the top right. Your screen will be populated with features. Send it on to your loved ones. These are mighty soul-winning tools. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you with joy and peace. You can be entirely certain that Jesus Christ had the issue framed correctly. Christ said that fallen man refuses to come to the light because his deeds are evil and he doesn't want to be exposed. John three seventeen through 20. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Excuse me. Years ago, back in the days of cassette tapes, a young salesman named Scott visited my office. During our conversation, I had said something as benign as the phrase, God willing, and this triggered an aggravated response from Scott. Scott bit out that he was an agnostic who needed proof that there was a God. I informed Scott that he was very fortunate because he was in a place where his demand for proof could be easily granted. On top of a video monitor we used to review TV commercials, sat the original God Said, Man Said proof series, then housed on cassette tapes. I handed them to Scott and instructed him to play the tapes in his car's tape player as he traveled between his sales presentations. Several days later, I received a phone call from Scott, and he started the call with, I have a bone to pick with you. His God-given answer was immediate and unrehearsed. From my mouth came, that's not the truth. All the loopholes have been closed up, and you're not willing to pay the price. There was a slight pause, and Scott replied, that's the truth. Scott surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Undeniable proofs 371 and 375 follow. Undeniable proof number 371. They're always knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. When science's latest and greatest discoveries unveiled, if they would actually take the time to look, they would discover that the children of faith are already there. The academic's lack of schooling, as in Sunday schooling, is shameful. The first law of thermodynamics, also known as the law of conservation, states that you cannot create or destroy energy or matter. They may change form, but the original quantity must remain constant. This relatively newly understood and now cardinal law of science was declared in God's Word 3,000 years ago in Ecclesiastes 3:14 and 15. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it, that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been, and God requireth that which is past. Science has concluded that matter, physical things, is actually created by energy, and energy is photons, light from the sun. The Bible teaches that God is light. First John chapter 1, verse 5 this, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God is light, and he created all physical things out of that which is invisible. Romans chapter 1, verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Energy is invisible. Colossians 1, verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Yes, light creates matter, and God is light. Undeniable proof number 372. 
As a result of research into quantum consciousness, scientists now theorize that words of wisdom and knowledge create energy, photons of light. When science finally gets there, they will discover God's children are already there. God's word of intent, laden with wisdom and knowledge, precedes light. This principle is declared in the very beginning, Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Throughout the Bible, this principle is repeated. Psalms 119.105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Psalms 119, verse 130, The entrance of thy words giveth light. He giveth understanding unto the simple. God speaks his words of intent, laden with knowledge and wisdom, and light is the result. Light is energy. But keep in mind that God is the word as well as the light. The following sentences are from the God Said, Man Said feature, Prayer, Power, and the Quantum. At the time the book, The G.O.D. Experiments, was published in 2006, this was the biographical information included about the author Gary E. Schwartz found on the back flap. Gary Schwartz, Ph.D., is a professor of psychology and neurology, psychiatry, and surgery at the University of Arizona and the director of its laboratory for advances in consciousness and health. After receiving his doctorate from Harvard University, he served as professor of psychology and psychiatry at Yale University, University director of the Yale uh, Psychophysiology Center, and co-director of the Yale Behavioral Medicine Clinic before moving to Arizona in 1988. He has published more than 400 scientific papers and co-edited 11 academic books. Several paragraphs from G.O.D. Experiments, Chapter 15, follow. An elegant series of studies conducted uh, over two decades has shown conclusively that the human mind can influence the seemingly random behavior of balls and electrons not only from a few feet away, but from a distance of thousands of miles away as well. In these tests, the human subjects demonstrated their influence when working with mechanical machines such as pinball-like devices and with electronic machines such as REGs, random event generators. They are also called RNGs, which stands for random number generators. In Paul Pearsall's Wishing Well, current research on the organizing mind is reviewed and the implications for human life and health are illustrated. When I read Paul's book, I remember feeling and resisting the Margaret Mead statement quoted earlier, these are the kind of data I wouldn't believe in if they were true. But those data are valid. The data are real and truth is, supposed, uh, is, is supported excuse me, by evidence. Moreover, the data are predicted by contemporary physics and system science. In the most remarkable series of recent studies, William Tiller, professor of emeritus from Stanford University, and his colleagues have been documenting how mental intentions can be imprinted in an electronic device that then alters the structure of systems even when the devices are shipped and tested thousands of miles from where they were imprinted. In my favorite example, 
Tiller and his colleagues have the devices imprinted with the intention that the pH of water be increased. Then they ship the devices, along with control devices not imprinted with intention, across the country for blind testing in a laboratory. The imprinted devices, when placed near water, produce an alteration in the pH of water as recorded by a computer. The control devices do not. Tiller proposed that the mind is the original and ultimate organizing process. This parallels with the uh, physicist Gerald R. Schroeder, Ph.D., author of The Science of God, and he proposes in the following quote, Changing one's paradigm is not easy. Millennia passed before humankind discovered that energy is the basis of matter. It may take a few more years before we prove that wisdom and knowledge are the basis of and can actually create energy, which in turn creates matter. These are indeed paradigm-shaking experiments whose implications change our visions of everything, end of quotes. God's words of intent laden with wisdom and knowledge precede light, energy, every time. Undeniable proof number 373. I recall Carl Sagan's challenge to God's book of Genesis. According to a 2006 issue of Discover magazine concerning the dead man Carl Sagan, Sagan approaches religion like any phenomenon. He isn't on a quest for life's meaning, for comforting philosophy, or even a guide to how we should treat the neighbors. Sagan seeks truth of a demonstrable kind. As a puckish example, he wonders why the book of Genesis didn't include God-inspired truths, end of quote. Did Carl Sagan actually ever read the book of Genesis? Over 60 undeniable proofs in this series are from the first book of the Bible, Genesis. The first undeniable proof in this series, which was also from the book of Genesis, seems to have escaped Mr. Sagan, and it comes from the very first verse, Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Until the 1960s, common thought amongst the evolutionists was that the earth has always been and therefore had no beginning. With the better understanding of the second law of thermodynamics, also known as the law of entropy, and as there are uh, speculations declaring that the universe was expanding, scientists were forced to conclude that there was, in fact, a beginning, just like Genesis 1-1 clearly stated. Science named it the Big Bang. Joseph, the son of Jacob, and his famed coat of many colors has his life chronicled in the book of Genesis as well. The last verse of Genesis, chapter 50, verse 26, reads, So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Archaeology shouts yes to the amazing biblical account of Joseph. You'll find detail concerning Joseph and undeniable proofs, number 61, 62, and 63, for even more about Joseph on God Said Man Said, click on those subjects. Did Carl Sagan ever read the book of Genesis? Undeniable Proof 374. The mystery of all time kept secret since the world began, Romans 16, 25 through 27, was revealed to man for the first time when Jesus Christ addresses Nicodemus in John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except that man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, can there be such a thing? For the redeemed there is no proof like this proof, and this proof is of a heavenly sort. Born again literally means born a second time. You were born the first time as the son or daughter of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. When one is born again, he or she is born of the Spirit, even a child of God. Born again is a staggering, life-changing event. At born again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 becomes real, absolutely real. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. At born again, everything changes. I get a new father, God, the creator of all. I get new epigenetic tags, a new birth certificate recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, a new blessed hope, a new eternal purpose, a new mind, a new heart, a new way of talking, new brothers and sisters, all new, new, new. At born again, my entire lifestyle changes. For example, attending God's house where his word is high and lifted up whenever the doors are open, seeking God every day in prayer and praise, immersing myself daily in the word of God, fellowshipping with God's redeemed, my new brothers and sisters, telling others of Christ's saving blood. By the cross of Jesus Christ, the righteous, untold millions of lives have been totally redeemed and utterly changed. They continue to come from all over the world, liars, cheats, adulterers, fornicators, LGBTQ123, the devil-possessed, murderers, the self-absorbed, and more, including the hardest to save, the self-righteous. And for every single one, everything changes, just like the Bible says, born again. Undeniable proof number 375. The word is reprobate. The Oxford English Dictionary defines reprobate, one rejected by God one who has fallen away from grace or religion, one lost in sin, rejected or condemned as worthless, inferior or impure, end of quote. The God of carnal academia is evolution, the true spirit of the Antichrist. Those who refuse to retain God in their knowledge are turned over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are unseemly. The fruit of those things, of those doings, will be worthless and worse and certainly deadly. Romans depicts the landscape of the world today in chapter 1, verses 21 through 32. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools." and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause... God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. 
and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them to do them. Reprobation and unseemliness abound. Scientists with serious credentials have been quoted, declaring that the theory of evolution has not only not added to scientific research, but also has been proven worthless and much worse, very deadly. Now remember, reprobate means worthless. Excerpts from Dr. Stratton's book, Evolution, Good Science? Question mark. Excerpts follow. Similarly, Dr. Mark Krishner, founding chair of the Department of Systems Biology at Harvard Medical School, remarked, In fact, over the last 100 years, almost all of biology has proceeded independent of evolution, except evolutionary biology itself. Molecular biology, biochemistry, physiology have not taken evolution into account at all. Some have even suggested that belief in evolution has impeded scientific progress. Herbert Nilsson, who was professor of botany and director of the Swedish Botanical Institute at Lund University, argued, The final result of all my researches and discussions is that the theory of evolution should be discarded in its entirety because it always leads to extreme contradictions and confusing consequences when tested against the empirical results of research. Moreover, my next conclusion is that, far from being a benign, natural, philosophical school of thought, the theory of evolution is a severe obstacle for biological research. As many examples show, it actually prevents the drawing of logical conclusions from even one set of experimental material because everything must be bent to fit the speculative theory in exact biology, and an exact biology cannot develop. According to Professor Louis Bonnard, former president of the Biological Society of Strasbourg and director of the Strasbourg Zoological Museum, this theory has helped nothing in the progress of science. It is useless. According to Professor De Beer, Hackel's uh, recapitulation theory had lamentable effects on biological progress, and according to Professor Blenschmidt, it set back real scientific embryology a hundred years. A good example where evolutionary thinking has impeded medical progress is the belief in vestigial organs. The functions of these were not understood for years because they were assumed to be vestigial and a byproduct of our evolutionary history. In the case of the vestigial thymus, it led to the thymuses of children being subjected to radiotherapy with tragic results. For many years, the tonsils were understood to be vestigial and were often removed in childhood. But it is now known that these are part of the immune system. Removing the tonsils results in a fourfold increase in the likelihood of developing Hodgkin's disease, for example. Similarly, the belief in junk DNA has delayed progress in the understanding of genetics. Surely, 
if molecules of man, uh, evolution, were true, we would continuously observe in nature a creative process of immense power, one that would have an enormous impact upon research and development in chemistry, biology, medicine, and agriculture. Instead, in real practical science, it appears to be irrelevant and, quote, evolution, the theory of blasphemy, is a forbidden fruit hanging from the tree to make one wise. It is an abomination of deep proportions. Its godless, hedonistic spirit is the promoter of gross perversions of all kinds, including the world's number one promoter of racism and white supremacy. Those that bowed that evolution's throne would include Karl Marx, Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, and the mother of death, Margaret Sanger, along with her abortion revolution, designed to control the proliferation of the undesirable people. How did the cancel culture miss it? Where are all the indignant protesters? End of quote. What drives this spirit of reprobation? When reading the scientific periodicals and textbooks and then being exposed to the electronic media's hyped-up sound bites, one would think that the scientific community at large is on board. But that's far from true. The book titled Evolutionists Say the Oddest Things with the Subhead, Surprising Admissions from Leading Scientists, tells some of the inside story. The book was edited by Lita Cosner and published by Creation Book Publishers. Various quotes follow for your perusal. Richard Lewontin, professor of biology, and Alexander Agassiz, a professor of zoology, both at Harvard, and the New York Review of Books, this is what they had to say. Our willingness to accept scientific claims that are against common sense is the key to an understanding of the real struggle between science and the supernatural. We take the side of science in spite of the patent absurdity of some of its constructs, in spite of its failure to fulfill many of its extravagant promises of health and life, in spite of the intolerance of the scientific community for unsubstantiated just-so stories, because we have a prior commitment, a commitment to materialism. It is not that the methods and institutions of science somehow compel us to accept a material explanation of the phenomenal world, but on the contrary, that we are uh, forced by our a priori adherence to material causes to create an apparatus of investigation and a set of concepts that produce material explanations, no matter how counterintuitive, no matter how mystifying to the uninitiated. Moreover, that materialism is absolute, for we cannot allow a divine foot in the door. Thomas Nagel, professor of philosophy, and law at New York in the book, The Last Word. I'm talking about something much deeper, namely the fear of religion itself. I speak from experience, being strongly subject to this fear myself. I want atheism to be true, and am made uneasy by the fact that some of the most intelligent and well-informed people I know are religious believers. It isn't just that I don't believe in God and naturally hope that I'm right in my belief, it's that I hope there is no God. I don't want there to be a God. I don't want the universe to be like that. End the quotes. The world is in a hopeless situation. Their only solution is Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, and they have rejected him entirely. Hell hath opened its mouth. 
Those who will escape this impending doom will be those who have surrendered their lives to Jesus Christ and whose sins have been washed away by his cleansing blood. These children are born again. If you have yet to be born a second time, if you have yet to embrace the blessed hope, I am inviting you now to click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and, yes, immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Everything changes for you today. God said, John, 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. God said, Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God said, Romans 1, 28, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which are not convenient. Man said, forget about God. We can't afford to let a divine foot in the door. Now you have the record.